chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high. Watt gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty. Right circle. Backhander. He scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the Woo! I'm going to give you guys a choice today. Do you guys want to start with love or do you want to begin with controversy? We've got the Connor McDavid show that's happening in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. And then on the flip side, you have all sorts of disputes and uh, altercations. Uh, the Rangers and Carolina are getting at it. Uh, the uh, Nazem Kadri running in at Jordan Binnington, no suspension. And then Milan Lucic pasting Mike Smith uh, as the Calgary Flames assert themselves in the Battle of Alberta. So I'll throw it open to you guys as we kick off this week on the VGK Insider Show. Love and greatness out of Connor McDavid, who's tearing up the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, uh, putting up points uh, like uh, Chris Chapman uh, tells stories. Like it. <laughs> One after another, and I live here. And I oh, or 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 the grit and the grime uh, of of the postseason, and some some cuts and hurt feelings. No, I want to go positive off the top. Really? No, I was going to say yeah. go go the other direction. No, 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 no. Uh, so bring, positive. bring the heat, Darren. Come on. All right. So so we've got Connor McDavid, who mm-hmm. uh, has uh, give me the numbers. He's played ten games, and uh, how many points does he have? 23 points in 10 games for Connor McDavid. So do the math on that. and That's 2.3 points per game. See how I figured yeah. that out uh, off the bat? He is ripping it up right now. Uh, uh-huh. Like a, a performance that we haven't seen in quite some time. To be 10 games into the Stanley Cup playoffs and mm-hmm. be producing more than two points per game. If we were in the regular season and he was doing this, we would have all signs of mind-blowing stats. But it does bring up the uh, the possibility. Can, can Connor McDavid make a run at individual history? Well, I'm not just talking the Edmonton Oilers getting back to uh, a Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2006 when it was the dead puck era, uh, but I'm talking about uh, Connor McDavid Number 97, putting himself in the same company as number 7 in Paul Coffey, number 17 in Yari Curry, or number 99 in Wayne Gretzky in that Battle of Alberta. Can he actually do this? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think he absolutely can. Like When you look at Connor over the first three games of the Battle of Alberta, he has been next level. And, And when I say next level, I mean... Next level for Connor McDavid, who's already ahead above everybody else in the league. So when you 
when you look at the plays that he's making that aren't resulting in points, when you look at the way that he's able to control the puck and he's dangerous every single time he's on the ice, plus making hits, plus blocking shots, plus doing all the little things, I see no reason to believe that Connor McDavid is going to slow down through the remainder of this series. And if the Oilers manage to get through the Calgary Flames, I, I'm i looking at a potential matchup against the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think that there's any slowing Connor McDavid down in that series either. Here is the comparison. And I'm going to give you a, a list here. Pay attention to this mm. if you're driving, but make sure that you focus on the road as well. The most points ever in a single postseason was recorded by Wayne Gretzky back in the mid-80s, 1985. 47 points in 18 games. Connor McDavid will play. If he goes to the Stanley Cup final and, and, and uh, rips it up right now and wins the rest of his games, which would be unfathomable, but uh, he, would, uh, he would win the next eight games. And he will still play... Uh, the same number of games as as Wayne Gretzky. So that's uh, so actually no, that's ten games he would play for the for the rest of the way. So we'll play more games than Wayne Gretzky. So he's he, like Gretzky in the mid eighties was was off the charts. Gretzky in establishing the most points in a single postseason is at two point six. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid, as you described him, is on the next level. Has to get better to match Wayne Gretzky in a points-per-game ratio. But the thing that Connor McDavid has going for him is he's likely to play more than 10 games the rest of the way, even if he he wins out. So he's going to have an opportunity to put up uh, a lot more points. It's very likely that if Connor McDavid makes the Stanley Cup final, he will be the new reigning single playoff leader in points per game or uh, total mm-hmm. points that that mm-hmm. that would be crazy in the top 5 most points in a single playoff year in NHL history Wayne Gretzky has four of the top 5 places <laughs> he's one he's three he's four and he's five mm-hmm. with two different teams mind you Edmonton mm-hmm. and Los Angeles and in and in a couple of those guys, he he was playing in postseasons with best of fives. Yeah. So he was robbed of of a game in there. So his totals would be even even higher. That's how great Wayne Gretzky is. So as we as we pour our love onto Connor McDavid right now, deservedly so. Uh, it it also reminds us. Uh, why Wayne Gretzky is considered the best player of all time and why uh, even Connor McDavid taking that mark away from Wayne, it's it's not going to change anything. Wayne is still the best. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I think that for Connor, 2.3 points per game over the course of the first 10 in the Stanley Cup playoffs is a ridiculous pace. I don't know that he's going to be able to keep pace with that, much less get better than, again, uh, every time I seem to doubt Connor McDavid, he shows me that uh, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to how good he can be and what his ceiling truly is. That all being said, I think 47 is well within 
his reach if he goes to the Stanley Cup final. I do too. I don't see a scenario. I don't see a scenario in which he doesn't hit 47 points playing in the Stanley Cup final. However long those series end up being, the more games the better, but Connor McDavid if he goes will be the will be the the most prolific and have the best point production in the Stanley Cup playoffs in history. So the top 10, I gave you the top 5 with Wayne having four mm-hmm. of those. In the top 10, yep. Wayne has 5 of the top 10. And in mm-hmm. the top 20, he has 6. That's just staggering to me. Uh, Ridiculous. Who's the who's the other player in the top 5? Wayne Ooh. is 1, um, 3, 4 and 5. My like my initial my initial thought process goes to Mario Lemieux. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, okay. It's, it's very good. There is three active players in the top 20 mm-hmm. for most points in a single postseason. Mm-hmm. Can you give me, and this is a, a little bit of uh, fun that we're, that we're having here, but there's three active players, which is that a surprise that there's, that there's only three? Or given where the game has been the last little while, mm-hmm. are you – comfortable with three is three maybe more than you expected three is right about what i expected and the reason being is Connor mcdavid leon dreisaitl they have not had long playoff runs yet once they do i think that those numbers skew a little bit and they, they might skew as early as this year but three sounds about right for me because the offensive explosion really hasn't happened Nope. To the degree that you'd expect it to show up in the record books in the playoffs. Yeah, when you think about the names that that have played, if if we go back fifteen years, if somebody's mm-hmm. had a long long career, uh, or yep. ten, you've got uh, Ovin, you've got Sid, and you've got Stamkos and uh, uh, Kucherov, and uh, yeah. like like some great great players, uh, mm-hmm. Malkin, uh, and and only only three. So uh, you've you've got uh, an opportunity here to name the three active players that are in the top 20 of most points in a single playoff year. All right, I'm going to go first with Nikita Kucherov. He is. He is uh, right there at number 16. Okay. So I'm going to go with Genny. Go, go ahead. Well, I was ahead. just going to say uh, Kucherov at 16. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, uh, is, he the, that's... is he the highest of the three? He's not. Nope. Okay. I'm going to go Evgeny Kuznetsov. Nope. Oh. I know. It's hard. Dang it. It's hard. I'll give you one more guess because uh, there's there's three and there's uh, three guesses. But Kuznetsov's huh. a dark horse. That's a good one because there's a couple of players on this list where yeah. I, hey, I, yeah. I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. One defenseman, too. Uh, he, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. It's not in your top 20. But so your final Ooh. guess for most points in a single Stanley Cup postseason. So I wrote my three down, and yep. I thought for sure Kuznetsov was in, and my third guess was going to be Sidney Crosby, but I know that that is incorrect. Right. So, um, well, here it is: Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. Really, Malkin. Malkin really? Uh, uh, has had a couple of brilliant postseasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, very yeah. impressive. But Malkin is seventh. Seventh most points all time in a single playoff really? year. 
The only players better than Malkin <laughs> in a Stanley Cup postseason year, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Who did it? Four times. But Wayne Gretzky, yeah. Mario, and Paul Coffey. That gives you an idea of how great wow. Malkin uh, was during uh, that 2009 postseason. The other active players, Nikita Kucherov mm-hmm. and Braden Point. Wow. That would not have been a oh. guess that I would have made. And I told you guys, if you got it, you would be cheating. Yeah. Because of See, uh, because I, of that, but I didn't. I Malkin yeah. jumps out at me. Yeah. Well, the Malkin one's interesting because, like, I I I feel like I feel like with Evgeny Malkin, we don't really view him the way that, that we should. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I don't really remember Evgeny Malkin being the workhorse that he was in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Conspite when Trophy the winner, Stanley Cup. And and that's that's really the thing, right? Like I, I think that for me going back that far, it's just it's all Sidney Crosby when it comes to the Pittsburgh yes. Penguins. It, it's it's very much Evgeny Malkin's second fiddle to Sidney Crosby, and it gives you an idea early on, especially in that first Stanley Cup run that they had. Malkin was an absolute force alongside Sidney Crosby. So. Um, yeah, it's it's an eye opening one for me. I, I thought for sure it was going to be Crosby. I did not at any point in time think Malkin, and then Braden Point should have stood out to me because I, if I'm not mistaken, Point and Kucherov did it in the same postseason, correct? Yes. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, and that was a talking point. That was a talking point throughout that entire playoff run for Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, that they were doing things, they were hitting numbers that many hadn't hit in the playoffs. It should have jogged my memory. It didn't, and I'm now mad at myself. So while we're having fun with this, uh, and we mentioned Sidney Crosby, who I would have picked to be in the top 20, slam dunk, put it in the bank, and Mm -hmm. uh, risked everything that I had. I'm glad I didn't. Where do you you think (laughs) Sidney ranks? If he's not in the top 20, is he top 30? Is he top 40? I feel like Casey Kasem right now. Um, I feel like top 40 is safe. Okay. So I'll say top 40. He's in the uh, top 30, 27th. Ooh, that seems so low. It well, does. top 40. Yeah, t- true, true. <laughs> but but that's the only place that I can find him in, 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 the, in the top uh, top 50. Is one time, huh. that's, that just blows me away. How some of these numbers work, and and the playoffs are so bizarre, uh, because this is one single playoff. So uh, in some years, like when you go back historically, there was best of threes, best of fives. Players didn't play uh, as many games, so they were limited that way. Uh, uh, your your opportunities at it, uh, you're you're limited that way. But but since. Sid's been around long enough, and Sid's won enough championships that I would have expected him mm-hmm. to be in, in the in the top fifty a little bit, which uh, is is amazing credit to to Malkin, is amazing credit to Kucherov, who's in there uh, a couple of times, and is really uh, complimentary to what Connor McDavid's doing right now. Now Connor, Connor's got two two challenges as as we uh, heap praise on him. He's uh, right now, mm-hmm. 
he's 10 wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. He is six wins away from getting to a Stanley Cup final, which gives him a bunch of games. Uh, his two challenges are he's got to get to a Stanley Cup final to try and, mm-hmm. and challenge Wayne Gretzky. He's got to get that far. Uh, to actually get into the consideration of, of, of having the most points ever in a Stanley, single Stanley Cup postseason. That's challenge number one. Number two is, can he stay this hot for another month and a half? Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are big asks. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think he's going to be this hot. Like, I, I don't think... And again, I've been wrong many times when it comes to Connor McDavid. And he's got a season under his belt where he was just about two points per game uh, when he hit 100 points in 58 games. So I see no reason to believe he can't be in and around 1.9 to 2.1 points per game, especially given the way that he's played recently he just doesn't seem like he's going to stop until he wins and until his team gets a Stanley Cup he's playing inspired hockey i don't know that he's going to be 2.3 points per game when it's all said and done but all he needs to in my estimation is 22 to 23 games and he's going to hit 50 points wow so 22 more games so that'd be 32 games no, 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 no. I think I think he can hit 50, 50 points in 22, 23 games. Like if he okay. tops out at 23 games in the postseason, I think that he can hit 50 points. I absolutely do. Wayne holds the record for most points in a single postseason in 18 games. That's the scary part. 18 <laughs> That's games. That's ridiculous. Mario did it. He's number two all time. He did it in 23 games. Everybody else is like 23, 24 in around that uh, that mm-hmm. mark, uh, Kucherov was twenty five, uh, uh, Braden Point uh, was twenty three, uh, Rick Middleton is twenty twentieth uh, in in seventeen. Mm-hmm. So so, but that twenty three twenty four range. What's the biggest challenge to Connor doing this? Is it getting to a final, or is it maintaining this pace? Uh the biggest challenge to me is getting to the final and yeah. and i the the like if Connor mcdavid doesn't get to the stanley cup final he's not going to get 47 points it's just it's just not going to happen like i don't think that there's going to be enough games played for him to get there i think he can be transcendent i think he can be about what he's been especially if it's colorado that he faces in the third round because i I think things will be a bit more wide open in that series than they would against say the st louis blues but then again i thought that calgary would be able to shut him down a little bit more and they really haven't to this point um but I, i think that he needs two more full series in order to get to 50 points in this playoff run. I, I just do. I, I don't think that his points per game is going to trail off that much. I just think he's in that much of a zone. Uh, but if he doesn't get enough games, it's not going to happen. Isn't it wild that we're talking about Connor McDavid setting the all-time record for most points in a Stanley Cup postseason ahead of the Edmonton Oilers having a 2-1 series lead on the Calgary Flames and stunning a, a lot of people? Like That's, that's how great... Connor has been so far that he's upstaging his own team in pulling off an upset. 
Well, I mean, he's been that good, and yeah. and that's kind of the big thing is everyone recognizes that Leon Dreisaitl is is hampered right now, uh, which is astounding in and of itself because Dreisaitl had four points in the game yesterday uh, alongside Connor McDavid, his great night, and another hat trick for Evander Kane. I, I just I think that that you see the impact Connor has. He's playing a ton of minutes. He's playing so much hockey right now, and to me. Yes, it's the point production. Yes, it's all the things that he's doing in in just kind of running, running through the Calgary Flames. But it's the hitting, it's the shot blocking, it's the commitment to defense too. Like there's been a an uptick in every single box that Connor McDavid needs to check in order to lead his team, and it's been really fun to watch. He's electric every single time the puck is on his stick in the offensive zone. You cannot keep up with him. They haven't been able to do it. Uh, he just seems unstoppable right now. So there's another factor that could get in the way of Connor McDavid's uh, success here, and that's mm. that's burnout or getting tired. Hey, mm-hmm. in, in in game sevens, you watched uh, Connor McDavid go out there and Austin Matthews play game seven, and those mm-hmm. those were they're great nights where where we're watching and we're. So excited about about seeing excellence on display. Austin Matthews played twenty three minutes and change in that game seven, mm-hmm. in and around there. And a lot of people said he was tired, he was fatigued, he was running on fumes by the end of it. And I, I agree with that. He was not very noticeable in Game Seven in the Toronto Maple Leafs loss uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The flip side was. Edmonton went the distance against Los Angeles, came out victorious, mm-hmm. and Connor McDavid played 27 minutes plus in that game mm-hmm. and, and was victorious. I was blown away by that comparison. Well, see, I, I think that there's something to Connor's ability to skate and skate better than everybody else in the league, right? Because Connor McDavid can still pace himself even playing 27 minutes a night because 80% for Connor McDavid is about 110% for most other players that he's playing against. But you're not to be able to, to, to pace fold. yourself at, at, at that speed. That's not the way it works. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm saying like there's, there's a degree to Connor where even, even at his top flight, right? Like how many times a game is he absolutely hitting his peak in performance, top flight speed. I don't think he does. Like, I think that there's even a higher level, a faster speed, another gear for Connor McDavid. I think he operates at 90%. I do. I think he operates at 90% because 90% is better than everyone else's capacity in the league, and therefore he is able to do things and play longer and pace himself more than anyone else in the league. Yeah, that that may be absolutely the case. He's just over to, uh, just around twenty two minutes uh, uh, per night, and with overtimes and stuff, it gets a little bit wonky. But uh, but he's he's in the mix. Uh, he's nowhere near the top, but uh, he's right probably where you'd expect him to be. A little bit maybe mm-hmm. down. He's inside the top forty, but uh, uh, that's that I think is going to be another challenge to him. Can he maintain this? with the ice time that he's getting uh, on a night-to-night basis. And if they fall behind in the game, like I would shut mm-hmm. him down. Uh, I, 
absolutely. <laughs> like changing the goaltenders, I would shut that uh, just 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 like that uh, that regard. Uh, are you guys surprised that uh, Edmonton's up two one? Um, a little bit. I, I am mainly because, you know, I, I look at the Calgary Flames. I think they're a really good team. I think they're a really deep team. I think that they have the advantage in depth, but they just have not been able to generate enough offensive zone time for me. They have allowed Connor McDavid to really run roughshod over them. And I don't feel like the Flames have been able to handle the speed of the Oilers, not just Connor McDavid, but Zach Hyman um, really down the lineup for the Oilers. They've been able to beat Calgary with speed, and I'm not certain that the Calgary Flames uh, are going to have the answers immediately. It's, it's going to take a lot more commitment. Jacob Markstrom has to be better top to bottom, but you know, right now Jacob Markstrom's numbers have been pretty bad. Mike Smith's been really, really good. And the Flames look slow. Yeah, I'm not sure that that continues. Uh, I, I have a lot of confidence in Jacob Markstrom, but uh, he's yeah. on the hot seat uh, right now. That Johnny Gaudreau line uh, with Matthew Kachuk, uh, they, they were invisible yesterday. It was a stark difference yeah. uh, from the games in, in Calgary. See if they can get going. I, I really hope this series goes seven games. Uh, uh, what will uh, be interesting is whether or not uh, there's uh, any uh, spillover with that Milan Lucic hit on on Mike Smith yesterday. I don't think so. One, because it's Lucic and the other one, it seemed to be more of an accident. I don't buy the fact that he, that he didn't mean to hit uh, Smith. I, I think there was full uh, intent. Otherwise he wouldn't have been in the area. Uh, and I don't think that he should be, uh, uh, certainly, uh, uh, the, the, the punishment should be lessened because he held up because any like Milan Lucic at 50% is everybody else's hundred percent racking it. But I'll, I'll be curious whether Edmonton can get, can get any uh, motivation from that hit. Well, I think that if anything, it just kind of fires up Mike Smith a little bit more, right? Like you're talking about a guy that has been playing out of his mind since the, since game number one in which he was pulled allowing, you know, three goals in the first six and a half minutes. And you don't necessarily need to give Mike Smith a fiery competitor and someone that, you know, if it wasn't the playoffs, would have jumped up and gotten right in Milan Lucic's face after that hit. I, I don't think you want to give him more motivation to, to, to get his game buttoned up. So, um, you know, I it's interesting. I looked at the hit in real time. It looked bad. You see it in replay. It doesn't look particularly bad. You can see Milan Lucic hold up like the commentary. If I were to charge, he would not be playing. I would not be playing. All that stuff. It's great. It's good headlines, whatever. Uh, but I think that there's a degree of Mike Smith turning into it. There's a degree of Milan Lucic knowing exactly what he was doing. And, you know, both guys, I think, kind of understood what was going to happen from that contact, both Mike Smith and Milan Lucic. So uh, I don't think anything happens. Like, I don't think anything kind of grows from there. If anything, like, you need Matthew Kachuk more engaged the way Milan Lucic was in yeah. that game. You need Matthew Kachuk more visible in game four, five, six, and seven if we get there. There's two big controversies right now. There's the Nazem Kadri hit uh, uh, mm -hmm. running into Jordan Bennington, and there's Milan yeah. Lucic uh, pasting Mike Smith against the boards uh, behind the net. If those two plays happen, which one do you think the goaltender is more likely to be injured out of? The Lucic one, for sure. Yeah, 
no, not a chance, right? Like it's 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 totally one sided. Yeah, the Luchich one. Yet yeah, Jordan Bennington comes out of that one injured. Uh, it's more of a story because it's it's Nazem Kadri. There will be payback in that one. I, I don't know whether it's game four or five or if it gets to it, uh, six, seven. There will be payback mm-hmm. because of Kadri's hit on Justin Falk last year and now knocking yeah. Jordan Bennington out of the game. To the point where Kadri stated on live TV yesterday that Jordan Bennington threw him a water bottle at him, one of those plastic water bottles from the sounds of it, uh, as he was uh, going yep. by him in, in, the dress, uh, in the hallway at, uh, at the rink in St. Louis. And I don't mind that. From from Jordan Bennington, I love that fire, and I think St. Louis, the biggest uh, one of the biggest challenges now for St. Louis will be not going out and getting payback right away and trying to play those games. Yeah, I mean, I think that the St. Louis Blues have to worry about playing hockey, and that's really the the fact of the matter. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because you know we're 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 making a big deal about Jordan Bennington, and and rightly so, like. It'll be interesting to see how Vili Husso handles Game Four and and really the series as it progresses. But you know Jordan Bennington losing Jordan Bennington that is a rough one for the St. Louis Blues. However, no one's really talking about Sam Girard, right? Like Sam Girard out for the rest of the playoffs because of a hit from Ivan Barbashev. Like and it was a fine hit. Like there wasn't it wasn't dirty. It wasn't late. It yeah, wasn't it was anything a clean like hit. that. That's why it wasn't difference. It was a clean hit. It, well. I, do, do, so, so do you hold the opinion that Nazem Kadri went in there and, and did that on purpose? Totally reckless. He may not have been trying to hurt anybody who is totally, absolutely, but his, a thousand percent. His trajectory reckless. wasn't even going into Jordan Bennington. Yeah, I don't. I like don't, he, he was his his path was impacted by Rosen. Yeah, I don't. If Rosen's don't, not there, Nazem Kadri goes right by Jordan Bennington. I don't buy that. I, so I don't, you don't buy don't the know. fact that there was body contact that pushed Nazem Kadri in a completely different trajectory over Jordan Bennington? Oh, I think there was body contact. I don't know whether it changed his uh, tra- trajectory completely. That's uh, that's okay. leaving things up uh, to to physics or whatever uh, type of. Yeah, uh, I disagree. Uh, so I I think he's a reckless player, and he can mm. uh, he and that's part of his his value is certainly uh, that. But uh, but I think he he put himself in a position where that was uh, that was that was a dangerous play. I I do not think that he was trying to hurt Jordan Bennington, but I do think it was reckless. That's more where, that's reckless where. than Lucic. Uh, n- no, I would say Lucic is more deliberate than reckless. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There is no I, reason I, for Lucic to be anywhere ne- anywhere near Mike Smith. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, on the other side, you've got Kadri going after a puck, but at a high rate of speed. And it, it, it the St. Louis Blues side of it, though, like they're they're getting their starting goalie back from the Stanley Cup playoffs. They, at, from the start of the playoffs, really lost their backup. If you want to simplify it down to its uh, most basic terms, <laughs> they lost their backup. However, you want to spin it, Darren. Yeah, yeah, that's so, fine. So no, let's you're a, you're a so let's look at it from a St. Louis perspective. Let's they got their uh-huh. their starting goaltender in there. They should be able to compete for this. They should should not be out of this series at all. And I think cutting them off because Bennington's out. Um, I, I think that some people are concerned about Vili Huso. Right, but he started their playoffs and was their like, best who, goalie this year. Right, he started their playoffs and lasted all of three games. 
just when you look at a big picture, they are not under severe duress as some people are painting it. That's yeah, I, sure. They I should mean, be like, able listen, to compete. Listen, if Billy Huso is the, if Billy Huso is you know regular season Billy Huso, the guy that took yeah. Jordan Bennington's job, then yeah, they're fine. They're if good. he's first three games of the playoffs, they are in trouble. Period. Yeah. Or and then the other night, first three games, and then the other night, uh, uh, it, it'll be yeah, fascinating yeah, to watch. Sure. The the Western Conference is so cool right now, uh, with all the controversy and the bad blood and uh, and the rivalries between uh, Colorado and St. Louis and uh, Cadre and the Blues and then Lucic and the Edmonton Oilers, a former Oiler by the way, uh, and uh, and then Mike Smith, a former Flame by the way, uh, involved in that series. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all kinds of great stuff. When we continue, I've compiled the list of head coaches that are available. I'm just going to run it down mm. for you. Uh, we've got a lot of teams looking for head coaches. Vegas involved in that. I'm going to mention a few names that you've heard of, that you're aware of, some that you're not quite there, and we're just going to have a conversation about names that are out there as potential head coaches for a bunch of teams, including Vegas. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Tracking the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, two games tonight in the National Hockey League. Tampa Bay trying to close out the Florida Panthers in a clean sweep of the second round. Boy, how it changes quickly. The President's Trophy winners, uh, winning their first series, the Panthers, since 1996, advancing to the second round. You think that they uh, get that dark cloud uh, away from them, and then they finally get into uh, the second round, and boom, they're behind 3 nothing, and on the verge of being bounced. And we also have Colorado and St. Louis, and the, uh, the big intrigue in that one, as the Avalanche lead two games to one against St. Louis Blues, is that uh, Jordan Bennington is out. Billy Huso takes over, uh, returns uh, to the net. Uh, he started the first uh, few games for the St. Louis Blues of the postseason. Can he lead the St. Louis Blues uh, against the highly touted Colorado Avalanche? So two great games uh, to talk about and keep you up to date on. There's no score in the Panthers and the Lightning in that one. Uh, we're also tracking the coaching vacancies that are uh, available in the National Hockey League. The Dallas Stars uh, making the change, the most recent team to make a change announcing that uh, Rick Bonus will not return, uh, that he is resigning uh, or has resigned, and their entire assistant uh, staff has also been let go. Now, the interesting part about this is uh, Rick is not a, a young man. I wouldn't call him an old guy. He looks actually looks younger than, than he is. Uh, he's uh, late 60s, uh, and I love, I love Rick uh, a ton. Uh, his contract was up, so they weren't going to bring him back. So I, I think there's a bit of spin on this uh, and I'm the king of spin so I know exactly uh, what I'm talking about we're not Uh going to bring you back so you can resign Rick from all accounts is not done as a coach in the NHL Hmm. and and there's a, a strong indication that he wants to keep going uh, not in Dallas, obviously, 
but uh, I could see Rick Bonus ending up uh, behind the bench uh, with the uh, with the National Hockey League team as an assistant or a head coach. Um, probably more likely as an assistant. He spent more time behind a bench than any other person in NHL history. Uh, he's uh, I don't think he's taken a year off uh, since he since he uh, started with the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets way back when. So uh, I, I think that there's that. But uh, there's other names. So Dallas joins the mix, and you've got Vegas. Mm-hmm. You've got Detroit. You've got uh, uh, Chicago, and uh, I mean, it mm-hmm. grows and it grows and it grows. Is there a, a a name that you go, okay, this person is ending up as a coach with one of these teams, uh, Winnipeg? Uh, throw him out there. Uh, he he will he will land one of these jobs. Um, Barry Trotz. I mean the. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think there's there's. One, Barry Trotz to Winnipeg, and then two in my mind would be Pete DeBoer to Dallas, but that's just because I think it makes too much sense. Right. So I've compiled a list uh, as I was going through things. Uh, Jeff Blaschel, yay or nay? Uh, nay. Okay. Travis Score. Green. Uh, yeah, yay, yay, yeah. Derek King, the interim head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, mm. as they uh, try and fill their vacancy. Um, nay, nay. Eh? Uh, what about mm. David Quinn, who's a fascinating name, who was the coach of the New York yeah. Rangers, uh, great college mm. resume. And is now the coach of uh, Team USA at both the Olympics and, and the World Championship. Yay. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Uh, other high-profile names. And then I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit. Uh, okay. Pete DeBoer, you said yay to. Uh, Claude Julian. Mm-hmm. He's with Team Canada right yay. now. Okay. Paul yeah. Maurice. Yeah. I don't know whether Paul wants to coach. You're beaking my captain. <laughs> but if he does, <laughs> what would you say? Uh, y- yay. Yeah. You're running out of teams yeah. here. I'd Mike, just like you to be right about it. Mike I, Babcock. N- nay. John Tortorella. I don't like the way he does business. I don't like him. Yay. <laughs> that means there's more changes to come. Uh, Barry Trotz. Yay. Okay. We're going to have some more coaching changes uh, to come. Uh, Do you think, then, if there are more changes to come, is Mm -hmm. Florida a possibility if Florida gets swept? Andrew Burnett is the head coach there. He uh, got Mm -hmm. the promotion to interim head coach when things went down with Joel Quenville. Sure. He led the Florida Panthers to an astronomical total of goal scoring this year, over four per game, and mm-hmm. a President's Trophy for the Florida Panthers, leading them to the second round for the first time since 1996. Is he automatically back as head coach if they get swept by Tampa? No. Yeah, I don't think it's automatic uh, either. Totally agree with you there. Yeah. Because they have to change their game. I think we've learned that a little bit. One, their offense has dried up. And number mm-hmm. two, they're allowing 
too many goals again. And uh, right. I'll be curious to see what Florida does. Isn't it how, how fragile a head coaching job is in, in professional sports and, and the National Hockey League? Like this guy was, this yeah. Guy I mean, just it, it, ran a won a president's trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he did. And you know, you you also have to be able to coach all facets, right? Like, you have to be able to find a way to turn the tide when things don't go your way in a seven game series. And you know, you can make the argument that Andrew Brunette had the right answers in that first round against the Washington Capitals, but right now against the Tampa Bay Lightning team that by all accounts, you're going to have to go through at some point over the next two or three years if you want to win anything in the East. If the Florida Panthers get swept by Tampa, that's regression from where they were last year with like 17 goalies in the first round against the Lightning. I don't think it's automatic. Right, because you're supposed to be able to compete with this team. Uh, This team that you Mm -hmm. went seven games with in in the first round last year, you go out uh, right away on that. That's that's not a good look by by anybody, yeah. uh, and there's a big. You're starting to see uh, experience really count. Like um, we we've watched head coaches be able to dominate things and be able to switch the the tide in in all of that. So uh, in in a series, and that might be uh, an area where uh, Bill Zedel looks uh, with the Florida Panthers. Now some uh, some other names mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll throw out there. When it comes to being of interest, and part of this okay. is me just being interested to see if they'll come back, and part of this is whether or not these guys will get a, a serious look by managers given where they are. So there's the, Some are assistant coaches and some are former head coaches. Uh, Rick Tockett, I'm on, on record saying that he will get a job. One of these jobs, mm-hmm. whether it's Philadelphia uh, or over another team, he should he should get the the, the job. Uh, he's won Stanley Cups mm-hmm. as an assistant head coach, and uh, and he's got some head coaching experience. How about Randy Carlisle? Like, there's a name we haven't heard of for the last little bit. Mm-hmm. He is a tough nosed son of a gun, and he doesn't uh, doesn't give in to anything. I used there was a time where I thought mm, you know the game's changed too much for Randy, but there's mm-hmm. part of me that thinks the game could use a little bit of Randy now. Yeah, um, I, I see it, but you know I, it's it's a name that I hadn't thought of in, in no. terms of all these coaching vacancies. The, I wouldn't be shocked somehow, some way, if Randy Carlisle ends up back in the National Hockey League. And again, he is, can grind on you. Mm-hmm. Is there a team that you think makes sense? There's about five of them that uh, that, that makes sense. And I could I could see him ending up back in Winnipeg. Like he was a coach of the Manitoba Moose and has strong ties with the, yeah. with the ownership uh, in Winnipeg. I could see him uh, coaching Detroit uh, and, 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 and grabbing hold of that run. Now, that's a bit more of a stretch than, than Winnipeg, certainly. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but but walking in there and, uh, and really clamping things uh, down. Uh, uh, Philadelphia, for sure. Uh, I could I could certainly see him in, in that situation. And, and another couple of names uh, that I'll just give you. 
Jim Montgomery is one that uh, that has been thrown out there, uh, and yeah. it, I'll give Chapman once again credit. He brought that up right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Montgomery, yeah. former head coach, St. Louis Blues assistant coach right now, has experience on both sides, uh, college uh, uh, experience as well. Uh, shot number two. I would not be shocked at all if Jim Montgomery ends up. Now, assistant coaches, how about Pascal Vincent? If you're watching the Tampa Bay Lightning games at all, you've seen Pascal Vincent Mm -hmm. uh, on. He is getting some serious love around the league right now. Mm. Very, very big interest. The problem with Pascal Vincent is he's about to go to the third round. It's it's not like the Super Bowl where you're interviewing everybody while there's downtime. Well, you, it's very rarely uh, in hockey. Uh, so do yeah. you wait? Do you wait on Pascal Vincent and then you get possibly risk getting to a, a, a bidding war with somebody else and you don't get them and then you've lost uh, potential candidates over the next six weeks? That's That's what's working against Pascal right now. Well, you know, again, I, and and you know, we kind of had this conversation about Barry Trotz. Like, if if you have identified a candidate, then that is the direction you go until you can't go. Like, if if there's a team out there that has Pascal Vincent as their number one option, and the number two, number three, number four options have not gone off the board yet, then I think you're in a holding pattern. You're hoping and waiting that that. You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning either get bounced in the third round or that your options are still on the table at the end of the Stanley Cup final. But, um, you know, I, unless he is your number one leading candidate, then I think you have the, the option to do your due diligence and, and figure out if there's another fit that makes more sense. Uh, Derek Lalonde uh, has, has uh, certainly improved his stock, uh, assistant coach uh, as well. And uh, an, another one uh, out there. Is uh, Mike Vellucci uh, has uh, has mm. increased? He was the Pittsburgh Penguins, so that's that one is also really, really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I wonder because I like I look at all this stuff through the lens of the Golden Knights, right? Like, and and you know, to be honest, like we've we've had this conversation before uh, last week where I don't know that we're any closer to identifying who that candidate's going to be for Vegas or what the what the the idea or the thought process is going to be I tend to have a pre um I tend to believe that it's going to be a coach with prior NHL experience mm-hmm. for the Vegas Golden Knights I don't know that it's going to be an assistant that's getting their first crack behind the bench or if it's going to be an assistant at all. I think it's going to be somebody that has prior NHL experience. That's just my read on it. Could be completely wrong. Um, But I do think, you know, the idea of some assistant coaches getting a little bit of love, getting an opportunity, um, you know, you, you bring up the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you're ever associated with the Tampa Bay Lightning and they're, you know, almost three rounds deep this year looking to three peat, um, you know, it stands to it stands to reason that you're going to be a hot commodity if you're looking to make that jump. Yeah, uh, Derek Lalonde, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, uh, Pascal Vincent, uh, uh, Columbus, Mike Vellucci. There's 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 all kinds of uh, names out there. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's the play of the day from a very interesting and fascinating weekend of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, one of those uh, 13 names that we brought up uh, will be in contention somehow, some way, uh, with the uh, the Vegas. Well, that's what I'm, I'm confident of. Uh, it's time for the play of the day, and uh, this was voted on by the VGK Insider Show panel that selects the play of the day every day. So don't blame me as we go to Edmonton and Evander Kane. Now it's Dreisaitl off to Connor McDavid with Kane. Centers Kane for the hat trick. He scores! Evander Kane! A natural hat trick in the second period! And Edmonton running Calgary right out of the building! Uh, that was the Edmonton Oilers uh, broadcast. Uh, Jack Michaels uh, with the call on that one, so you could tell. Not much mystery there as Evander Kane scores and does his thing again. For the Edmonton Oilers, who have a 2-1 series lead, uh, they can grab a stranglehold on it tomorrow night. Tampa Bay can advance tonight. And then we've got St. Louis and Colorado. Fireworks, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking forward to it, Ryan. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to get the immediate payback for Nazem Kadri in this game, but you know, at least if the Blues want to try to win the series, they should focus on the hockey first and everything else second. All depends if the game is out of reach or not. Hour number two of the VGK <laughs> Insider Show, including one-timers, news and notes from the National Hockey League, and catching up with Chapman on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas.